sit in front of a bookcase to make himself look intelligent. Then <laughs> you know what them books are, Stanley? How to make pizzas. They are all cookbooks if you look a bit closer. <laughs> you don't need books how to make pizzas, do you, Joe? Thank you to our three sponsors for supporting our podcast. John Russell's Art Caterers and Milltown Pies, who offer fantastic catering services. Alexander Grace Law, who provide modern and client-led legal services. And SBE Furnishings, who offer high-quality furnishings and electrical items at fantastic prices. Uh, good evening, everyone, and welcome to another podcast from Law House, the Housecast. Cracker, this has really taken off just recently. Uh, I was down at the cricket club today and uh, everyone I bumped into were asking about the podcast, how much they were enjoying it and it seems to be the whole community and village are loving it. So thanks very much everyone for listening and um, we'll keep going as long as we can through lockdown and beyond. We've still got plenty of guests to go that want to come on and that we want to come on so we'll do as much as we can. Today we've got uh, a, a top quality guest someone who's high profile at the club at the current time, and I'm sure a lot of people will want to hear from him and know about current affairs, etc. But before we go on to our guest, welcome the two co-presenters who are with me tonight. We've got uh, Joe Benaducci. How's it going, Duke? All right, thank you, Jez. Very well. Yeah, up to much. Is there any changes from what's been going on? No, mate, nothing really. A bit of golf, that's all really. Not much. We've had a couple cry off tonight, so we've got... A substitute in, but he's helping us out a lot with the podcast just recently. He's doing some editing for us, really helping out. We've got our managing director, Matthew Stansfield. Welcome back, Matt. How are you? Very good, thank you, Jess. Yourself? Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. I've been a little bit busy just um, last day or two. There's not been much different other than I arranged with Stan to go into the club today and we've uh, given the first court to the decking in front of the dressing room so that were a bit of donkey work but, but we had a right laugh it was almost you know going back to being stood on the end of a bar with Stan we had a right good laugh with it Stanley but no it's uh, everything's going well was he sober but, yes he was sober the, uh, well he was sober when I left him at about five o'clock there was paint everywhere, but we did have a laugh. It's, it's comical, isn't it, when you're doing things with Stan and people are walking around. Good fun. It's good fun. What have you been up to, Stanley? Are you still looking after your three loved ones? Yeah, they looked after me over the weekend. It was my birthday, so um, they put on um, a lovely lockdown birthday for me, which was excellent. Oh, fine. It was a significant birthday, I think, Stanley. Is that right? Was, yes, yes. I was, uh, I was 40 weekend, just gone, Jess. Just 40? That was coming, thank you. That's congratulations on that. And yeah, and the three girls will properly look after you. So anyway, on to our guest. We've been chatting to uh, this individual a couple of times over the last few weeks. He helps us out with what's happening around the league and any news he's having. It's our current first eleven captain, Ben He, Hello, Ben. How are you? Hi, Jez. Dooch, Stanny, you all right? Yeah, we're good, thank you. Yeah, we've... Uh, had a, a busy old time going through these podcasts. We've probably got three or four now lined up, but I know you've been listening to them intently. Um, we had a little, we bumped into each other this morning and you were mentioning about that you've had a good listen to them. Have you been up to much recently, Ben? Um, I've been doing a little bit of fishing, Jez. That's what's uh, kept me busy during the lockdown. And uh, I must say that they've made great listening when I'm out on the bank, you know, cooking my evening meal, stuff like that. You've got to picture it out in the sticks, middle of nowhere, uh, and listening to you boys. You've done a fantastic job, I must say, uh, and they've been really good listening. Fantastic. Thanks very much for that, Ben. That's really interesting. When did uh, 
fishing come back in? Was was it ever banned? I know you you probably saw yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you couldn't do it to start with, like, like pretty much like everything else, and yeah. that was difficult to be honest with you. You know, I'm an outdoors type of person. Uh, if yeah. I'm being honest, you know, I'm, I'm out with my dogs, or I'm playing cricket, or I'm, or I'm fishing, and I'm outside. Um, so when you know the, the the switch was flipped and we were allowed to do a little bit more, I was straight out there on the bank. I think I did a 24-hour session straight away. No way, 24 hours, fucking hell, man. Okay, um, <laughs> just painted some decking. You could have gone and watched that for twenty-four hours. Right. <laughs> ben, uh, it really interests me because uh, I've never done it, and you know, I know off air we were just chatting then about it being such a popular sport. I remember when you were really little, you were you used to go off fishing. I do remember. Why? Right? You know, when did you st- first start that pastime? Oh, uh, to be honest, I must have been so young that I can't remember. Um, How long I think- yeah, yeah, I think a couple of my uncles uh, took me when I was younger. My granddad used to take me as well. Um, and it's just something that if it's in your family um, and one of, one of your relatives takes you fishing and you catch that fish for the first time, uh, excuse the pun, but you're hooked for life. You literally are. It's just uh-huh. something that never leaves you. So, yeah, just as a youngster, really. And once you get that first bite and you feel yeah. that first fish on the end of the rod, it's something that you can't describe. And it is an adrenaline rush when you, you catch that fish. Um, and there's lots of different sort of disciplines in fishing in within it. You wouldn't, you wouldn't think that if you didn't know anything about it. But there's a lot of, lot of different disciplines in there. Uh, and it just so happens the one that I choose to do is probably the most time-consuming. And you need a lot of patience, shall we say, because you're doing a long time waiting for one fish more often than not yeah. and that's you know usually a decent sized fish yeah and i'm assuming that's carp fishing yeah yeah carp fishing they are the hardest sort of freshwater fighting fish and the biggest adrenaline rush really yeah i believe am, so. I, am i right in thinking that you fished live on sky sports at one point i did yeah yeah when i was younger i was about 14, 15 maybe, uh, I fished in the British Carp Championships, I was in the finals, um, down in Kent, so that was 48 hours that, that competition. Um, live on Sky Sports? Yeah, yeah, live on Sky Sports, so I probably missed some cricket as well, believe it or not, to, to enter that. <laughs> Didn't do that well in the final, but obviously to get there, we and my partner, fishing partner that is, we, uh, we won our regional uh, competition. I didn't know that then, and it, I mean it's fantastic that you know that you you're that dedicated to something, and and obviously you're similar to uh, to the cricket. Joe Beneducci's just sent me a message now, asking when he catches the carp, do they batter it, and you know, and have it with, with chips and peas. And I've tried to explain to him, you throw all carp back, you just don't get it. Yeah, you can't you can't throw them, Jess. You don't throw them. No, place place them back in place the Place them back in the water. Well, you can get that from Chippy Place, definitely. You <laughs> well, um, can probably recite the full menu from Birds to you if you want him to, with prices. I'm surprised at you, Jez, really, for not knowing that. Well, I knew you that, you know, they're a protected species these days, and it's probably a criminal offence to, to injure a carp or move it from a lake or something like that. Yeah, you're right, it is, yeah, section 27B of the wildlife. <laughs> if you could, uh, could batter the carp. Uh, anyway, so that takes me on to, to going through your career, Ben. You know, you mentioned your granddad there, you know, and, and other uncles taking you fishing. Again, you know, one of my early memories, obviously, your, your family are down the club and, 
you know, and Dave, Papa Bless, just constantly throwing your balls, you know, yeah. and at a really young age, and you'd be doing the dead straight drive. So that that's obviously got you into the club at, at Law House. What's your early memories of that and of that period of time, and who was there? My granddad, my grandma and granddad used to live on Artinell Park Lane, yeah. in the backyard there. Um, we sort of turned into a little cricket pitch with the washing line and the ball on the washing line. So I spent hours on end in there practicing. Then we'd have a little game. Um, uh, bel- believe it or not, though, there is a little tale to how I came, came about playing for Laura. Because initially, I, I was a Belvedere junior, believe it or not. All right. Yeah. Um, in 1997, can you remember who the professional was that year? It was the one and only Corey Jordan. And oh, yeah. I, remember, I, I remember this very well. My granddad brought, brought me down to a cricket session, uh, a junior cricket session, uh, one Wednesday evening, I think it was. And we turned up to practice, paid the money or whatever it was back then. And all I can remember is Corey Jordan taking away the 10, 12 lads who were there playing in the under-15s team, taking them to one side, onto the other side of the field, and leaving all the new lads just to stand there and watch. Right. So that was my first experience at Law Ice Cricket Club. And my granddad, after about 10 minutes, told me to get in the car, and we drove away. And that, and that was that for a couple of seasons. But really? imagine, that, imagine that happening in this day and age. Yeah. You know, kids just stood there, not doing anything. Um, and if I remember rightly, I was only young, maybe 9 yeah. or 10, perhaps. And I remember... He took that team to one side to go and work on the running between the wickets and left everybody else just to watch. So I wonder who would have been in that under-15s team in 1997 who needed working on their running between the wickets. I hope he got someone else to teach him how to run between the wickets from my experience of watching him play. (laughs) That's interesting, Ben, you tell that story. I think he he was pro in 97, so you would have been nine. Yeah. Then and obviously your uncle, which was a massive influence on you coming, you know, your dad, uh, your granddad being there, and um, and then you playing ultimately down there. I've asked, did you did Papa Blaise ever say anything to to anyone about that incident, or did, did Chris know about that incident? I, I, I'm not too sure. Like I say, I was very young, but this is, I think, part of the problem was, uh, you know, there was no Stan Eaton involved at this stage. I don't think yeah. it was another, you know, another good couple of years before Stan got involved and that's that's when I came back down to the club, I think. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting. So we've got someone as young as you that is bringing up that season. It's happening quite a bit in the podcast that memories from that season are coming up, some good, some bad. So we are, we're in the process of trying to get, you know, like a special edition together around that season and, you know, get, you know, try and get to the, the, the whole truth, whether we ever do or not, I don't know. So you've, you know, you've been down to the club, things haven't gone right. So you've gone up to Belvedere. Did you play much up there in senior cricket? I didn't play any senior cricket, I don't think, from what I can remember. Right. Um, I just sort of played in all the age group teams, but I can't remember exactly what they were because I'd imagine they didn't have an age group team for every age group. Okay. Um, but one interesting thing is that I was actually a wicketkeeper when I left Belvedere before coming right. to Warren. Yeah. Right. I don't I don't mean to sound disrespectful, but I don't know if that was due to the fact that most of the lads in the team that I was playing in weren't very good with their hands or what. But yeah, I was a wicketkeeper at Belvedere as a junior. Right, so you've played there for if you you know a couple of years. So then you're looking at ninety nine. Yeah, I think it was something like that. I, I've got written down ninety nine, maybe two thousand, something like that. Right. So you've come to the club then. Uh, you are going to be then twelve. So yeah. Sort of age. What's your memories of 
the early junior cricket setup, uh, how you went, and you know the, the the people that were around that at that time then, Ben. Yeah, yeah, no great memories of the junior cricket when I came back. I actually remember my first ever conversation with Stan. Um, and I think we'd, yeah, and I think we'd gone down to see me and my granddad about coming back down, and I think Stan had taken over and obviously took great pride in the junior section then. Uh, and the conversation goes along the lines of I was telling Stan how good I was, and he was telling me he'd be the judge of that in his own quirky way. Yeah, so nothing's changed. <laughs> So that's going to be Martin Van Yorsfeld, that sort of era uh, when you've come down. You've obviously played under 13s and yeah. under 15s, and then you've progressed through there. Uh, and I remember you down there, Ben. I remember you know you you were clearly a talent. Uh, you were similar age to Adam, so I would be watching the junior games that were going on. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, me and Adam grew up playing, to, playing yeah. a lot of cricket together. Yeah, yeah, right up to I suppose 15, 16, 17. What's your memories then as you start obviously getting into, I'm assuming you're 13 first? Yeah, yeah. So I, I think I made my 13 debut in 2002. I made my second team debut the same year. Uh, and I have great memories of, of that era. Um, and a lot of sort of ex-players um, helped me along the way. You know, people who are still involved at the club who don't play anymore. Yeah. Um, people like Phil Agate, Tommy Briley, Chris Astin, Matt Marquis, Gav Shields, Matt Stanny. Uh, and even Greg Bryan, they all helped me along the way, yeah. definitely. Yeah, so they would all, or that, that group of Matt Stanley's group uh, of rugrats that came down, they would have been a good, what, eight years older than you, something like that? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. sort of at the age of 13, 14, um, I was a real live wire, as you can imagine. And I needed calming down on many occasions. And I really do all that group of players a lot. Um, I just throw Phil Astin in there as well, the late Phil Astin. Um, what a mentor it was as a junior, as a 13 captain, you know, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, yeah, so it, these people, you know, and this is a common theme throughout these podcasts, that it's rekindling memories and they're all great memories of individuals that have helped this club that continue to grow. And, and it, I don't know whether he'll thank me for it, but... Today, me and Stan have just been doing a bit of painting at the club and Ben came down and we chatted a little bit. We chatted about tonight. Stan mentioned you know, a few things about you know, how the club is, you know, in the short term, is going to continue what the first team squad are going to like and the other juniors. And when you walked away, Ben, without any prompting, he said, it's people like him that keep me going because I know he'll take over from me. And that, it was one of those moments, you know, I know it sounds a little bit soppy, and I've no yeah. doubt if Stan had had a chin, Chinzano or two, then he, you know, he might have had a bit of a frog in his throat when he said it. <laughs> that was unprompted that that's what he said. And that's what's happened when you think, you know, we've talked about Bill Holt, you know, probably late 60s, 70s, and now you're still there along with other people. So it, it's fantastic to hear. So, Ben, you've got to that sort of age. You're playing the seconds. I'm assuming you're playing in there quite regularly before you get in the first team. Yeah, yeah. I think I had two seasons, I think, in the second team. Right. Um, sort of 2002 and uh, the majority of 2003. And then I made my first, first team debut uh, at the end of 2003. Uh, I made my first team debut with your nephew, Scott Hawk. Me and Scott played the last two games of the season against Baycup and Enfield. Yeah. yeah. Um, just jump in there, Jez. I remember oh, that... Obviously, I was, I was playing in the second team then, and actually, we, we'd had a few 
um, kids brought into the second team that, that Stan had suggested were going to be uh, future stars. And actually, Scott and, and Ben were the first two uh, around that era. When you, you, you saw them play, and straight away you thought, yeah, these lads can, can play a bit. Yeah. Uh, ben in particular, I must, must admit, it was fairly obvious fairly quickly that he was going to be a, going to be a very good player. So... Yeah, and I don't, Stanley. I, I, you know, I, I can't, you know, I can't express enough of the amount of times you would see Dave Blaise throwing balls to Ben. It was just very similar to Mark Whitehead throwing them to, uh, you know, to Johnny Whitehead, in, you know, in the outfield. Dooch, have you any observations around that early career of Ben's and uh, and what he's what, what he achieved at that early age? I didn't play with Ben until he got in the first team. I'd been in, I'd been in the first team myself at that stage. So by the time Ben started playing seconds, I'd already moved on. I'm going to say, Dooch, I don't, I don't think we played a second team game together until we both got dropped. That's probably, we'll probably right. Yeah, we'll probably get on to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's probably right. Um, but yeah, I do remember that those two games at the end of that season when you and Scott when got in the first team at the back end of the season. Yeah, but I've not, I've not seen anything of Ben at that stage as a cricketer. No, and I, like I said, you know, I've probably I've only seen him at practice, and and obviously known because I'm such good friends with Chris that he's. Um, I've just fired up that scorecard, Ben, for your debut, twenty-five not out. Uh, yeah, Scott got twenty, you know, in hundred and seventeen. So, you know, it was obviously you know things to think that uh, uh, an indication of what was to come later mm. uh, later on. So you know, so what year we're saying there? Two thousand three. Yeah, fifteen. Then I think is this is this a similar sort of time when there was a, an alter ego that came to light, MCTNT. No, that was much later. That really, later. yeah, yeah, that was my college days, sort right. of seventeen, eighteen. But we'll get there, I'm sure. Well, I'm going to say we'll we'll uh, we'll move <laughs> on and we'll, we'll we'll keep that on the back burner until uh, until we get to it. Yeah, well, no, I've got great great memories of that first game. Um, because Bakeup were a top top team, weren't they? You know, in two thousand, you know, back in two thousand three, did they win it three times in a row? That, that's yeah, they did. Yes, yeah. gone young pro. Yeah, um, and I always remember uh, your brother was captain. I think Matt was captain at the time, and yeah. we had a draw. Me and Scott, who was going to bat seven and who was going to bat nine, and Scott won the toss the first day, so he batted seven on the Saturday against Bakeup, and I batted nine, and then it swapped round against Enfield on the Sunday, but we didn't bat. On the in the on the game uh, against Enfield on the Sunday, um, but that first game, I remember I probably got the easier end, should I say, uh, of the draw because Scott, uh, to his credit, he had to go out there and face Sean Young. Was it Sean Young? Yeah, yeah it was yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he had to go out there and face Sean Young. At, so I think Scott's a year year younger than me, so he'd have been fourteen maybe. Yeah, uh, and got twenty odd against you know a yeah. reasonably. Reasonably quick pro, especially for a fourteen-year-old lad. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, no great memories of that game. You're talking a fourteen-year-old and a fifteen-year-old boy uh, making their debuts that weekend. Uh, the day after, when we played Enfield, yeah, uh, Martin Van Yarsvel was a professional at Enfield. Yeah, and he got hundred that day, and what an experience that was watching him bat because I'd sort of missed all that. You know, I was playing thirteen cricket, or you know, I might not have been down watching when he was professional for Lawrence. Yeah. Uh, well, that was the first sort of serious professional knock that I'd seen and witnessed. Um, and I was just mesmerised by it. I remember him reverse sweeping Matt a, a few times before and stuff like that and then slog sweeping him over the, uh, over the changing rooms at Enfield. And I'd never seen anything like that before, before that day. 
Yeah, and to be Martin then would have been even more in his pomp than he was when he proed for us. He, you know, he'd really sussed the league out. And yeah. when you look at the scorecards there, we two four six. You know, it's a big score. Seventeen years ago, yeah, and knocked him off with three overs to go quite comfortably. Uh, he, he's got hundred and thirty not out. See what's interesting there. I mean, I, I, can't, I mean, I played in. I didn't play in the Enfield game, but I played in the Bay Cup game. We've got. Uh, Pope as pro. Have you yeah. noticed that dude? Stephen Pope, yeah, South African. Yeah, and he's yeah. Bowled, and he's bowled 22, 22 and a half overs on the uh, on the Saturday, then about twenty three on the Sunday. Well, uh, do you not remember? He bowled he bowled the first half of his spell medium pace and then swapped to off spin. No, I can't remember. Yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah, when he started blowing a little bit, he came around the wicket and bowled half decent off spin. And his figures are good, aren't they? You know, seven wickets on Saturday and four on the Sunday, so you, you can't complain about it. So, what what was Chris like when you left and went to Belwood here? Did he say anything or do anything? Or? No, I, I honestly can't remember him being that heavily involved at that stage, I don't think. Um, you know what Plez is like. He's quite laid back, well, very laid back. And I think my granddad was probably a little bit more assertive in that respect. Uh, and and Blaz probably left left that to him really. Uh, yeah. But my granddad was my granddad was fantastic. You know, I owe him so much. Uh, not only cricket, as you can imagine, but you know, he was a real true sort of father the father figure in my life. Yeah, and taught you know taught me everything. Um, and still to this day, I've never heard any any bad word about my granddad. So that's you know something that really hold on to. Yeah, no, he's like you said then about Chris. And your granddad, you know, Chris was very. I saw a lot in Chris as well, yeah. in Dave, and I, as they got older, I saw a lot of that. But Chris would be more hold, you know, hold things back. Whereas your granddad got older, he wants to give me the best bollocking I've ever had because we practiced <laughs> on the square, and it was such a shock. He come over, what? That's sure a few swear words. You shouldn't be doing this. I said, well, we're trying to do what, you know, we're trying to uh, achieve some some improvement in, in a pretty poor season. I don't know what season it is. But, you know, we soon met up and then he, you know, he came watching us play football all the time. You know, fantastic man. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah no, I have great memories growing up, uh, not just through cricket, but, you know, every weekend involves some sort of sporting adventure and a lot of it involved going up to Belvedere and watching Blaise playing the goals. But, you know, great memories. Um, completely different to, unfortunately, in my opinion, how a lot of kids are brought up today. You know, there was no iPhones or iPads or anything like that. I was out every weekend in the winter and out every weekend in the summer as well. And during the week, yeah. Can I introduce you, please, to Maggie's famous buying bees? We appear to have lost one. Where the is Rusty gone? Right, so we'll uh, we'll move on. So Ben, you've uh, you've played those games in in the two thousand and three season. Obviously, two thousand four yeah. season. We've done it to death with other people on this podcast, but I do think it's um, really quite important to get your view of what happened that season, which obviously ended yeah. up in the club's first. Um, First ever trophy. Tell, tell, tell me about your memories for that season. Um, well, unfortunately, Jez, as many of the others who played in that season, a lot of it is a blur. Um, I can't really pinpoint why, because I wasn't old enough to drink, although I might have been doing I can't really remember. Um, so I don't remember a lot of the league games, but I had a look today, uh, did a bit of research, uh, and I think I did start in the second 11, uh, probably rightly so. And I made 
my first appearance that season on the 23rd of May. So it was the day before my birthday. Uh, and then when I clicked on that game today, uh, it did bring back some memories. And I do remember that game. It was against Haslingdon on the 23rd of May. Uh, and that was the first time that I'd come up against a certain Steve Dasher Dearden. So what, I mean, I've, I haven't got the scorecard in front of me, but, but because we've done so much work around the 2004 season, I've got everyone's runs in front of me. All I can see here is that, yeah, it was your first game. You must have played in the seconds and you got one run. Can, what can you remember about that game then? Yeah, um, I know we got stuff. I do remember that. Uh, I did have the scorecard up earlier. There is a way of getting it up. Initially, it doesn't let you on, but uh, I did get it up earlier. Uh, but I do remember that my one really, really well. Um, gone out to bat maybe six or seven, something like that. Maybe eight, late, late order. And yeah, he went in eight before yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the first ball off Dasher smashed me in the pad. And I'm not joking you. It felt like I'd broken my ankle. Uh, I'd never, ever seen anything like it. I mean, you're talking 2004 here, so I don't know how old Dasher would have been then, but, you know, he wouldn't have been far off his pump, maybe just after. Um, and then I think I managed to get down the other end and I got a single off Stuart Catterall. I think I was batting with Blaise, actually. Yeah, off spinner. Batting with Blaise, uh, and he called me through for a single. So I was on strike for Dearden the next over, uh, and he bounced me. Bounced me first ball, and I just just got my gloves in front of my face, um, and I was just shitting myself, absolutely shitting myself, and I just was not used to that type of thing at all. Uh, and and I think you'll admit, Jez, you played a lot of league cricket. There weren't many who were quicker than Deed, and especially amateurs. Yeah, he was Ben. Yeah, he was. Um... He was sharp and, and like you said, he was probably, you know, I'm not saying even sharper, but I think he'd gone pro in quite a bit before those years in the late 90s, early 2000s. And when he came back, he'd obviously bulked up a lot and knew how to bowl quick when he mattered, you know, and which I'm sure we'll come on to in the final to bowl quick. And there's a young lad like yourself playing in that. And I've just seen now the result. We got absolutely hammered, didn't we, with that game where they, uh, they beat us with 24 overs left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, he's bounced me, maybe the second or third ball that I faced against, faced against him. Uh, nearly took my head off, just got my gloves in front of my face, feeling well out of my depth, not having a clue what's going on. Uh, and the next ball, I think I was either LBW or bold. And it, I seem to remember being bold, leg stick. Yeah, I was bold, leg stick. And for some reason, I found myself in an awkward position, getting far too far across my stump, and he knocked my leg stick out, and I was rather embarrassed and walked back to the pavilion. So yeah. I, I, don't, I don't really remember many of the other games that year. Um, obviously, the away game at Aslan, was that one when Blaise got a ton? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. It was the day before the semi-final, wasn't it? Right, yeah. Um, but the rest of the league games are all a bit of, blur, bit of a blur. But I had a look this afternoon, and I, I played 15 league games that season um, and, and contributed a little bit, you know, a few 20s and 30s and stuff like that. So I was doing all right. I was finding Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking there, your second game, your second or third game, you've got uh, a nod out against Burnley in a, in a victory. Um, you're still only a young lad there. And, you know, I think, it, I think it's fair to say for all of us, you know, for Stanny and, and Joe, yeah, we were, we were just bubbling into a decent side. Um, were we going to win the league? We weren't sure. You know, the cup always seemed to, to elude us a bit. So I suppose that's building up to, to what was happening. So looking at my stats here, you played in 
probably the vast majority of that season after then, Ben. What was your what are your memories around the, the cup run? Yeah, I don't I'm I'm not I'm not entirely sure that I played in the knockout earlier knockout games and the quarter final. I, I may I may have done, but um, you didn't no you didn't. Oh, I did think I did. The first cup game was a semi. Yeah, yeah, I thought so because I can remember sort of hoping and praying after the quarterfinal that I was going to get picked for the final because it wasn't a given, you know what I mean? I, I did contribute uh, in the in the semi-final, um, but I certainly wasn't guaranteed of a place in the final. So I, I, I did think that I'd missed the start of the cup competition for whatever reason. Um, Who's, yeah, whose shot were you, would you taken then? Maudsley's? Say again, Joe. If you if you played in the semi but you didn't play in the first two games, whose shot did you take? Yeah, I think yeah, I think it was Peter Maudsley's because he was he twelve man in the final. Yeah, he played in the first game when we beat Burnley. Yeah, yeah. So it was maybe maybe Matt needed the option of a few more overs or, or something. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, and I do remember now thinking back, and I'm just looking at what Pete Maudsley played in the in the league around then, and I'm not sure if he didn't go away on holiday or something. Um, Mid June, because he missed quite a few league games as well. Which that's life, isn't it? Amateur cricketer. Yeah. If you're going to miss a few games and someone else takes the chance, so uh, so fantastic. Yeah. So you got into the the semi final um, of a great competition of with a team that have never won it before. So we're looking at 27th of June 2004. Ben, what's your memories of that? Um, yeah, the the semi final. Yeah. Uh, what a f- what a fantastic chase that was! Yeah. Um, great memories, you know. Good Lord House track, good pros, uh, just just fantastic memories, really. Um, but one thing I will say, uh, when I got into that team, um, although the club had gone all those years uh, not winning anything, um, I've got to be honest. I'm not just trying to sound pig-headed, but none none of that meant anything because uh. all, all the juniors I played in, we'd won pretty much everything. The under-17s, we'd mopped up. League sides that I'd played in, we'd mopped up. Um, so, you know, I knew no fear, really. That that didn't... I never, ever looked back and, and seemed to recall giving that much thought at all. Yeah, I mean, and what do you think of that, Dooch? Because we, we had this conversation the other day on another podcast, how, you know, from... <laughs> so we've got... You know, crikey, I'm a lot older than you, Ben, but you've got Joe's generation, or Joe's cricket players in the middle of it I've come from an era where we just didn't know anything but being nice lads we'll have a pint with you afterwards and you know there's there's four points and or whatever what's <clears> your thoughts <throat> around that dude? well I I think I did have a bit of both because particularly because of the semi-final the couple of years earlier after that semi-final a couple of years earlier it was very much and me and Charlie spoke about this at the time well we lower house this is what happens to us yeah, you know, we, we might get to a semi-final, but it's never going to go any further because yeah. because we lower house. Yeah. Um, but I think it was the semi-final that that kind of changed in two thousand four that kind of changed that because you know again first half of the game we were we weren't in the game really. Uh, although as we said uh, in an earlier podcast, we weren't absolutely dead and buried because of the side that we had and the side that we were playing against. But once we once we got over that kind of lifted a little bit and then obviously we've gone to win the final and then that leads to something else that happens the following year uh, but just on Ben by the time we get to the semi-final so I, I batted with him in the semi-final I batted with him in, the, in an early game that you just mentioned there when we played against Burnley and it was clear to me at that stage that, you were, that we were dealing with somebody who had something about him 
I'm not going to say that at that stage I knew he was going to go on to do what he what he's done because he won't fall out with me for saying he was a bit of an, an idiot at the time. You know, he was he was a wild child, and you know, you didn't. He was one of them lads who you didn't really know if he was going to still be in the game in in a few years' time. But but what he did show when he was when he was on the field and playing, he definitely definitely had some spunk about him. And that's when you when you're playing with the young lads, that's what you're looking for. Not. There was no shrinking violet about him at all, even though Deed and roughed him up. A few months later, he, played, he, he goes out and bats against him in the dark in the cup final. Um, so, yeah, there was definitely something there to work with, no question. Yeah, yeah, no, I, you know, and I, I can see that you, you're, you would have been closer to Ben and, and his uh, age group at that time, and probably saw more than I did. did what, what's your memories about that, Stanley, and about Ben at that stage in his career? Yeah, it, it's like I, I touched on earlier. It was not. I think Joe's right in saying it's not clear that someone's going to be a fantastic player. Um, but I do recall uh, Ben um, and Scott being the first two that we, we thought that I thought as a second team player. These are genuine future first team regular cricketers. Um, uh, and then following that, the next the next one cab off the rank was probably Paddy Martin. Was the next one I remember. Of that ilk, and obviously being around the second team, you see a lot of kids come in that are supposedly the next great thing, yeah. um, that never actually kick on and, and never do it. And I know we're going to touch on something um, in a minute um, in relation to 2005 um, that I have some observations about as well regarding Ben. Uh, but yeah, I, I think um, I think Joe's right. It was, it was sort of clear that there, there was definitely something, something there within it. Absolutely certain. Yeah, and you are coming to you know at that stage. Ben, you're 16 in that semi-final. You've just gone 16, um, you know, and you've played an important part in it. But what will become significant as we continue? We bowled seven bowlers in that in that game, and you weren't one of them. Send more house to save the house. 